Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Outkick 360 and the Tennessee Power Hour is here alongside... Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. David Reed in the seat for Lance Lee today. He is the chairman of the board. Jakob Swanson, my wife Claire says she loves his sweater today. Uh, shout out Jacob. Uh, Merry for Christmas. Getting it done. Merry Christmas from Jacob ho, Swanson. Ho, ho. He's like Christmas. Except for his little hemp leaves. Uh, oh, hemp <laughs> leaves. Yes. Hemp leaves, not Yuletide cheer. distinction. Um, we, we have a lot to get to over the next hour. Uh, and and a a Titans topic about the NFL draft and the forgotten position of need for this team. But let's start with first, I, I, I laughed at this because Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys tweet out yesterday, you know, for Cowboys legend Eddie George uh, named Tennessee State head coach. And, you know, I laugh at that because, of course, you know, one season in Dallas does not a, a legend make. Silly. Um, Eddie is a legend. He's not a Cowboys legend. But forgive me for, for reading too much into this, if you guys think I am. Where is the Titans' acknowledgement of this hire? They retweet, retweet. The, retweet. they retweet the Tennessee State tweet, and that's it. At least the Dallas Cowboys put a story on their website about a, a great player for their organization being able to become a head coach in college football. Uh, it's a national story that the Titans haven't even acknowledged on their website. Um, and, you know, they've acknowledged a lot less in, in, in recent years. Let's put it that way. Uh, the silence on this is deafening to me. And it's a bit odd. It's, it's weird that we haven't seen more of this from the Titans' perspective. It's, it's very odd. And I don't think you're overreacting at all. And I think at best it's just an oversight by the Titans? No way. They, they just retweeted it? They don't have oversight. There's just the no number way. Of people then why, involved then in their why would they intentionally not cover it? Not send out a, a message of congratulations? Not do something? I don't know. Maybe there's. Uh, I, Are I, they I, waiting to put a video together <clears throat> that they're going to post I today? I, I, it can't take that long. Things turn fast. This guy did their hype videos for last season, he's an integral alumni. Uh, their most significant alumni. Let's let's be frank. There's I, I don't know who number two is, but he's number one. Uh, Bullock's probably number two. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a hole, and it's not an accident. Uh, also, it's uh, it's super odd because when he says who he's talking to, uh, you know, in an answer about Jeff, in a question about Jeff Fisher, he says, "I talked to Mike Tomlin, to Mike Rabel." to Luke Fickle. He's got a relationship with Mike Vrabel sure. from Ohio State connection. So he and Mike Vrabel are, are close. So there's no disconnect between he and Titans leadership in any way, shape, or form. There's no disconnect between he and the organization in any form. I'm talking about these hype videos. So what's Agreed. the deal? Is there a disconnect between the Titans and, and I, TSU? I'm not trying to insinuate that. I, I don't know. 
I just found it a little, it's not just a little, it's, it's very odd that, you know, they, they send out birthday tweets for guys that are on the practice squad and they don't send out a congratulatory story or a tweet about Eddie George becoming the head coach down the street at yeah. Tennessee State. And oh, by the way, they play their home games in the stadium. It's, I noticed it. And I'm sure others do too, but they don't have the balls to step up and say anything. Absolutely. And I, I, it makes me mad because so many people and Titans fans are concerned with bashing the Cowboys for congratulating the guy and saying Cowboys legend and not concerned with their own team failing to acknowledge it uh, with more than just a simple retweet. Uh, who's in charge of social media for the Titans? Nate Multiple Bain, people. We name names on this show. Who's who's in charge? I mean, Nate Bain is one of the chief. People. Well, so Nate Bain is, is one of them, is right? Over over. Okay, you know, Surf Melendez, Nate Bain. This is what irks me about decisions like this, and when things like this happen, um, Nate Bain will go on podcasts and do interviews and promote himself, right? And the job that he does with the Titans. But the moment with something Saints. is missed or not done the right way. A lot of times, these people hide behind the Titan shield. <laughs> well, it's tight. You know, I'm, I'm just I work for the Titans. Well, I am the Titans. Above criticism. I am there. I am the Titans when I'm on there. So I mean, that, whoever made this mistake deserves criticism. Deserves criticism from Titans fans. And it's not to me. It's it's just too simple to just come out and say yeah, something's the Titans off. screwed up. Right when when one person screws up, we don't want to acknowledge the one or two people that screwed up. And instead, they'll run and hide behind the, well, the Titans didn't tell me to do it, or it's the Titans to say, no, it's your fault. And, and, and because of that, you're reflecting poorly on the Titans when that happens. Let me give an example. I don't think that's out of line to say it all. Tennessee Titans sent the Tennessee Titans. You can't overdo something like this, though. This, sent uh, this is, out, they sent out a congrats to the new United States WWE champion, Sheamus, for winning at WrestleMania two days ago, because Sheamus lives in Nashville. They sent out a graphic with this, and they don't, they don't even – they retweet that Eddie George is the new head coach at TSU. Yeah, it's so. and, and we're told so, not to read into that? Well, Paul, this is where you and I will disagree on, on this, um, and that's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> that, that, that's, it's laughable. That's being acknowledged. I don't think – I don't know that you can overdo it when you're in promotion, right? Like if you're promoting your team, you, there's not too many Instagram posts or too many tweets – yeah, we could make no, fun of saying. certain things that are saying. too hokey or whatever, and that's fine, but I don't think you can overdo it. But they have really missed the boat when it comes to Eddie George on this one. This is where underdoing it <laughs> backfires, right? But, yeah, we're going to be the only it's ones to talk about it, I'm sure. It's, it's obviously intentional. I don't know They're why. sliding the guy. Why? Why would you slight Eddie George? And I haven't talked with Eddie about this. I have no idea if he cares or not. I doubt he has even well, thought about it yeah. with all with how much he's been bombarded with requests and interviews um, and, and everything else in between. Uh, he's got a lot on his plate right now. Uh, all the Titans are doing, are, they're, they're trying out new public address announcers in April. That's a huge That's story. it. That's, That's all they're big, doing. Big, 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 big. And they're tweeting out happy birthday to Chris Jackson and congratulations to Sheamus on becoming the United States champion for Vince McMahon's organization. I, I, I'm surprised. It's 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 a bad look. It's 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 a bad look. It's a bad move. Whoever's responsible, whoever's over uh, social media. But the, the Cowboys Titans, are the laughing stock because the they, they dare tweet about but, it. But this is what I'm getting at with the naming names of people is this is probably one or two people screwing up and not doing what should be done, and then it's going to look poorly on the Titans. 
right? Well, well, and they, but they it's, it's so I, I don't I don't like don't the have... convenient. It's the Titans when it doesn't benefit you, and it's me when it benefits me type stuff, right? But like that, you can't have it both ways. But it's not just about that. And here's why I know that because Jim Wyatt has more respect for Eddie George than that, and the history of the team. And the fact that there's not a story up there from him. That's what's just so obvious that to me. Um, there's to no me, story at all. That suggests to me he's told not to write that story. And I haven't talked with Jim about it, but it, this isn't Jim's decision. Jim Jim was tweeting from his own account, uh, screenshots of the press conference yesterday. Something that no one else is going to talk about, and I wanted to bring it up because it's an obvious oversight on purpose. Well, see, that, that makes me, yeah, now, Hutton, when you say that, I believe that people from on high are telling them not to tweet about it. And not to write about it. Well, if there's no and Titans if that's the case, that's even worse. from Jim Wyatt. Zero. I, I, that's not Jim Wyatt's decision. They have, a, they have a discussion about Mel Kuyper's recent mock draft. They have a Tuesday mailbag. They have a Titans workout and, and relax during the offseason from their social media buzz. Uh, who will the Titans pick be? An update of the 30-plus mock drafts. Their headline story is the Mel Kuyper mock draft from yesterday, the recent mock draft from yesterday. The biggest story in town is Eddie George becoming a college football head coach and with Jeff got, Fisher helping him. And they've got serious they skin in the game. Zero. I wonder, zero. I wonder if it's maybe Fisher, the Fisher element. Why, why, I, mean, I don't know, but Fisher was back for the Eddie George Steve right. McNair ceremony, so it seems like any bad will was patched up there. Why would that? I mean, he's not even – he's he's consulting, yeah. uh, for lack of a better well, way to phrase know. it. I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm I know, I know, but I, I thought about the same thing. Reason. Uh, yeah, but but the the storyline that you're going to hear from from others is oh how dare Dallas com, you know claim Eddie George well good for them from claiming him yeah more than the team locally odd odd to to say the least it's good good uh, recognition by you to see that it wasn't done coming up uh, the forgotten for position on this Titans roster headed into the draft we discuss that next on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 rolls on alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, David Reed, and Jakob Swanson making the show happen for us today. Lance Lee back with us tomorrow. At least we presume. We presume Lance will want to return to the show. Uh, follow <laughs> us on Twitter at Outkick360. That's where you can interact with us and find videos from past shows, links to the current show. And we also can be found on YouTube and Facebook Live Plus, on podcast, wherever you download your podcast, we will be sending a link out immediately following the hour where you can find the, you can click one link and find us wherever you download your podcast, wherever you're watching live, and how to link us up in the evenings with Fox Sports Knoxville. Maybe Lance won't return because maybe Lance has found the comforts that Danny has found. Maybe Lance is catching some Z. <laughs> I think anytime you can get a job that uh, gives you a siesta in the middle of your workday, you, you take it. Maybe that's what Lance did. We, we don't allow naps in the studio. No so naps. No, no naps in the studio. Here. But in the workspace, sure. I think we should put a sign. We can look at uh, David sleeping. Reed and, and Jacob Swanson, and you can see the Outkick 360, the hand-made uh, oh. sign uh, that was made up in Nebraska. Christian, thank Next you. to that, we should put a, a sign that just says, no naps. No naps. Uh, on there for, the for these guys. The By slash. the way, when you see David Reed and Jacob Swanson next to each other, it's proof that we can bridge the gap in this country <laughs> and there can be a, a unification of sorts 
because these are two fundamentally different men that work very well together. They get along on the show. They're both equally funny. Uh, but in very different ways. They believe in beards. Yeah, and together. when you, uh, yeah, I'm telling you, when Show you see beautiful beard, when you see Jacob. these two together, it's proof that anything There's is possible. There's the beard. Yes. Oh, it it's was right. a beard. It's now, mustache. Now well, it's, it's sideburns. It's sideburns. It's sideburns of the stash. Um, it's not the first time that Opryland and Hemp have been side by side. No, <laughs> they have a long and illustrious uh, history together. <laughs> Ended by a shopping mall. That's for for sure. Uh, again, follow us at Outkick360. The forgotten position going into the NFL draft for the Tennessee Titans. Paul is what position? Tight end. Tight end. I saw something about Michael Pruitt uh, having a conversation, at least, with uh, the Vikings. I'm think uh, you know maybe they wait on Michael Pruitt until after the Titans do until after the draft and and see what they do. I like Michael Pruitt and what he did here uh, for the Titans after Mike Vrabel uh, gave a recommendation for him um, from Houston's practice squad, and he was an effective player for the Titans. But now the Titans, I know that a lot of fans love Anthony Ferkser, and I love Anthony Ferkser. He's very good at his mm-hmm. job. But a lot of people think that he's just going to be Johnny Smith, which is really just missing the mark. I mean, look, you may think that Johnny Smith, I, I agree, Johnny Smith got too much money. Like, I, I don't think the Titans should have paid Johnny Smith what Johnny Smith got. And I don't think you could have franchised him. That's a $10 million chunk against the cap right now, which would have been hard to pull off. But make no mistake, the Titans do not have a guy who can from tight end while helping spring Derrick Henry for a 2,000-yard season also catch the ball, run over people or run away from people or run over someone and then run away from someone else. Johnny Smith has a unique skill set there. I know many of you upset that he didn't have 1,000 yards and 80 catches, but the Titans offense doesn't run like that, and you don't determine a guy's value strictly on reception numbers in the Titans offense. I'm sorry. Ferkser and Swain can be a functional pairing, but they also uh, are going to telegraph a little bit what the Titans are doing based on who's on the field, unless you're in too tight when you know, you know what each of their roles are going to be. I think that they need to address uh, tight end in the draft probably. And one guy I've got in mind is Hunter Long from Boston College who seems to have the qualities Dane Brugler says his coordinated footwork and body movements show both as a route runner and a blocker. And Mike Vrabel's got insight into him because he's been a teammate of Tyler Vrabel's at Boston College, and we know that connection's paid off in a few different ways. And he's not a dynamic player by any means. He's functional. Uh, and, and he'd be a mid-round. Yeah, what, third third round pick, second-day second pick, right? Um, that, that Right there in that range. So there's Fryermuth, who's got the shoulder injury, uh, who's likely the second tight end taken off the board um, in, in the second round. Penn State. Uh, from Penn State. And then between the second and fourth rounds, you have Brevin Jordan, who is built like Janu. 6'3", uh, 244. It's a nice. Runs a 4.67. You have Tommy Trimble, who's that H-back style quality thumper when you think of the different roles of how the Titans have implemented the position. Another guy with size, 6'4". Yes. Also, his, name is, his name is Tommy Trimble. Tommy Trimble from fantastic. Notre Dame. Fantastic. We just talked about a WWE champion. He sounds like a WWE yeah. champion, Tommy um, Trimble. He, he's a better overall athlete 
than Hunter Long. But Long has the, the function of what you're saying, more of the two-way two-way player. That's right. Um, and then and then you get into day three with players like Ben Mason, Jacob Harris, uh, Trey McKitty, and and others, but not the guys that Paul you're saying need to be emphasized because of the the depth of position. We have the full list from the TennesseeTitans.com of the tight ends listed on their website for for the team going into the offseason and training camp. And you'll see the numbers here. And the numbers stand out as they need to add to this. Now, Michael Pruitt is still listed here, but you see the rest of the guys uh, with Swaim and Ferkser back it's on the Swaim roster. Swaim and a Ferkser, you know, they, they've like you know, Hesse, Hudson uh, could emerge, you know, and those are both also sure. big guys. Um, you know, I, I don't have that strong a feeling for them. I think Hudson... You know, maybe more of a of a blocker and Hesse more of a catcher. If I if I had to guess at this stage, um, but you know, those guys could grow into something. Pick, Pickney raw, you know, and needs development time. The one thing the Titans have done at this position is Todd Downing, um, and and before him Arthur Smith have grown uh, mm-hmm. guys. And this is one position where we've talked a lot about their failure to develop players overall. This is a position that's been an exception to that rule, where they've done well. Michael Pruitt, much better player now than when he arrived. Swaim in Jacksonville when we were in the press box, guys were laughing about Jeff Swaim, who didn't do a damn thing in Jacksonville. Um, And I believe he caught a touchdown in that game in Jacksonville, and these guys were all, you know, oh, my God, Jeff Swaim. You know, uh, and and Johnny Smith took – took some time but was behind Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker was a guy they saw, and this is going all the way back to Rustin Webster. Another good example. Who they saw, you know, behind Vernon Davis in San Francisco and said this guy can do more than he was asked to do in San Francisco and he came here and he was terrific. This is, you know, the Titans for as bad as they've been at wide receiver for the long run have been a good tight end team over the years, going back to Frank White, yep. Algie Crumpler if you take out the, the fumble. Um Jared Cook didn't reach, and Ben Troop didn't reach their heights. But those are good NFL players who. Uh, Jared Cook went on Jared to be Cook a great is, player at other places. Player. We should so much, we should point out too that so the the tight end that will be drafted is going to be compared to Jonu Smith, which is unfair to the player that gets drafted because Jonu Smith had the luxury of playing with and behind Delaney Walker coming up. Jonu Smith also dropped a lot of passes when he was first called on. Yes, he had a drop issue. Now, he became a multi-millionaire in free agency by becoming the type of player that we're now going to compare the rookie to, which is a player that the Titans need offensively. But he, he wasn't just the plug-and-play in the draft at pick number 100 whenever he was drafted. He was compared to Delaney Walker because Delaney Walker was here, and Delaney Walker was the guy offensively. Here's an example, too, of they drafted Jonu Smith to be the number two and eventually grown to the number one. This roster, as it's constructed, not just at tight end, but at a lot of spots, doesn't have that guy. Hooker is that guy at safety, right? Hooker was the third safety. He did a nice job with a role as the third safety. And now, guess what? He's replacing Vaccaro, and he's going to start at safety alongside Kevin Byard. And I think the three of us feel pretty good about that. 
So many other spots in the roster where they have that guy ready to take over for the departed free agent or the guy like Delaney Walker who is at the end of the rope. They don't have those guys uh, at very many places. Corey Davis's replacement was not on this roster. John U. Smith's replacement, if he's on this roster, is two people, not one person. And uh, you could go on and on. Da Daquan Jones's replacement is not on this roster. Or, or if, if, if he's Tier Tart, he has a much smaller role in a, in a different kind of defensive front, which is okay. Yeah, that, that's fine. If they go that direction, I'm okay with it. But if they end up using a draft pick or finding a free agent after the draft for that role, again, it'll be an outsider. I don't think the roster construction, and John Robinson's done a lot of good things. This team's won a lot of games, and they've survived the mistakes that they've made. But in terms of having being ready for this year, which is the first year that they've had a lot of defections, Yep. They, they haven't, this roster's not ready for a lot of those moves, which has put a lot of pressure on the free agents that they've already brought in and a hell of a lot of pressure on this draft because of misses and because of roster construction. And so tight end is one of these spots that really fits that. They, it, John New for Delaney was superb. The substitute for John New Smith is a big question mark. Well, can it be Ferkser in the passing game? We saw that one massive game for Ferkser, which surpassed anything that uh, John U. Smith ever did in a single game this past season. He had over 100 yards receiving. Um, we didn't see John U. Smith do that. We saw Anthony Ferkser do it. He's got terrific hands. He's very reliable. He's going to get to the spot and make the catch. I would compare it to this, though. He's more like – tell me if I'm wrong. This may be a stretch. He's going to be more like an Adam Humphreys in that he's going to get there. He's going to convert the, the third down. He can run okay. He's, mm -hmm. he's, not, as, he's not as explosive as Johnny Smith no. by any means. But he's more likely to get you the first down and continue the drive. He's not going to have the breakaway plays the way that Johnny Smith had potential for those breakaway plays. And I, I don't see he'd have to evolve into it, him being the kind of red zone target that Johnny Smith was. So can he be an effective player in your offense? Absolutely. But you lose two dynamics that you had with Jonu Smith with the breakaway ability and with the red zone ability. So it's a come down to a degree. Now, do I want Adam Humphreys on my roster if I could have him? Who's going to reliably be at the sticks and get you the first down? But he's getting there and he's going down. He's not necessarily turning and running with the ball the way Corey Davis and A.J. Brown are. You want that piece on your offense? Absolutely. Do you want it to be secondary to a John U. Smith? Ideally, yes. Yes. Yep. And it, it's it's interesting on how they attack the, the position of need in the draft because they have other avenues that we have gone through on players and positions that they should address. doesn't mean they have to do it in the first round. But we, one thing we do know, there's no other first-round tight end in this draft past Kyle Pitts. No. Uh, this is not a great draft for tight end. And I think it's a scenario, Hut. Tell, tell me if you think that is this at all. I think there's a scenario where it goes relatively unaddressed. And that group of Maybe. people you put up, Maybe. It, it, they feel okay going forward with. They play more three wide than too tight. And, uh, you know, they feel like we've well, got a crop they use Darrington Evans developed. more in the passing game. Right. And the, you know. the puzzle changes. Yeah. The puzzle piece is coming together for the Tennessee Volunteers on the hardwood, Chad. Two commitments, one today, one expected tomorrow, a four and five star, and one of them a former Marquette commitment. 
Yeah, and we got football news also in the last 15 minutes. Josh Heupel gets his first commitment as Tennessee head football coach from a place that, Hutton, you're very familiar with, Riverdale High School. Elijah Herring, a three-star outside linebacker, a 6'3", 225, has committed to Tennessee uh, their first commitment in the class of 2022. So good news for Josh Heupel and a local in-state kid. Uh, which Tennessee's going to need to do a, a lot more of that as well. But yeah, basketball, Jonas Idu, four-star player, he's six foot eleven out of Charlotte. He was committed to Marquette. Tennessee hired Justin Ganey, former Marquette assistant, coach for Wojo at Marquette. They got fired with the rest of the staff. Uh, Des Oliver leaves for ETSU. Rick Barnes hires Justin Ganey. The moment that hire happened, immediately everyone started saying Jonas Idu is probably going to commit to Tennessee now because he decommitted from Marquette the moment that staff was was hired and his lead recruiter at Marquette was Justin Ganey so now Tennessee gets a big time player 33rd ranked player nationally for next year's class and that's really good news Tennessee could have great news tomorrow Brandon Huntley Hatfield five-star player top 10 player nationally six foot nine he is going to announce his commitment tomorrow There's a lot of buzz that it's going to be Tennessee, and not just that. He is currently class of 2022. Uh, He is possibly going to reclassify because he's got enough credits to graduate and be in this next year's class. So Tennessee may have addressed their front court issues with two freshmen. Not the route I was expecting them to go. I thought they'd get a big – and they still might. I think there's still roster room where they could do that. But get a big-time transfer in that's more of a veteran player. But now they're adding six foot eleven Jonas Idu and possibly six foot nine Brandon Huntley Hatfield with his announcement tomorrow. Great news for Tennessee. And if it's Huntley Hatfield, that is a third, excuse me, a fourth five star player in two years. Two in each class. Mm. He would pair with Kennedy Chandler, five star McDonald's All American. That's great. And a year ago was Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson, both now going nice to the NBA draft. Pack. If yep. they get both of these guys. That won't play together. Two right. and two, yeah. Each probably but one. You and like nine. the trend, yeah. It's a good trend. If they get both of these guys, this is the size that you guys have been talking about. What does it mean for Fulkerson? I don't know what it means. It's a good question because I do think that Fulkerson is waiting to see what happens with the roster before making a decision. And Austin Price talked about it. He doesn't want to make an emotional decision. He got emotional on Senior Day. That that probably in his mind at the time that was it. He he ends his season the way it did in the SEC tournament. Didn't get to play in the NCAA tournament. Now he's got a chance at a redo, so maybe he comes back uh, for that bonus year at Tennessee. But I do think he's going to wait and see what the roster looks like and see what his role would be on the team before making a decision. Here's the one issue I think that Tennessee could run into, and I think I do is more of a back-to-the-basket, eleven typical post player. So that's good. But the way Rick Barnes wants to run his offense, he wants Grant Williams. right? He wants John Fulkerson to be a back-to-the-basket player. He wants a guy who go in, post up, and even if it's 12 feet extended, once a guy that can get it right at the elbow and with his back to the basket, turn face up and make a move and go. Fulkerson was good at that at his best. Grant Williams is really good at that, and Grant Williams developed the outside three-point shooting game also. But the offense just doesn't work as well when they don't have anyone to throw it down low to. We saw that this last year. When they were disappeared for stretches offensively, it's because 
They got too reliant on the three-point shot. Pons it was a lot of one-on-one. You know, they, it, it worked against Kentucky. It you're rocked. saying that the, the offense you know, when, runs through the elbow there. Yeah, and, and there's moments where that that's fine. Like, like I, I brought up the second half against Kentucky. They're down 11. They go on a huge run yeah. to close out the game because Keon Johnson and James Springer just take over and just start going one-on-one Talent and scoring over. every time. Right. But the way he wants to operate is inside and then out not outside to the basket and then in, right? There are teams that function well shooting a lot of threes and getting a lot of offensive rebounds. Tennessee's really not that team. I think they're going to be better shooting, especially with the Justin Powell transferring from Auburn. But they want to go inside and work it out. I do seems like more of that player. What you can't have, though, is, and this is what scares me a little bit, you want to get Brandon Huntley Hatfield. But if he's in the mix, if he announces commitment to Tennessee, you can't force the, uh, the round peg square hole and make that guy a back-to-the-basket player. He's not. He's a three-point shooter. He's a good ball handler. He's not your typical six-foot-nine guy. guy. Now, Rick Barnes, and I'm not making this comparison because he's not the same player, but he coached Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant did pretty well in Rick Barnes' system. So he knew enough to know, hey, let this guy go and shoot threes and do what he needs to do at six-foot-ten. I just hope that this isn't a situation where Rick Barnes tries to make Huntley Hatfield into a back-to-the-basket player. Now, he can help with that in his development, become better at that part of his game, but that's not going to be his primary game. I do, the player who committed today, that is his style. It's a good, it's a good pickup yeah. and, and uh, a good local commitment on the gridiron as well for Tennessee with Elijah Herring from well, Riverdale. And, and, there's, and Austin Price mentioned this also, but of the top ten in the state, Tennessee's got a good shot with uh, at least half of them, I think, landing them. And when you say, you know, build a fence around the state, that sounds great. You're not going to get every player you want in the state in, in any given year. There's some are going to leave for whatever reason. You're not going to get everyone. But you've got to get your fair share. And you've got to get the majority of guys you really go after if you're Tennessee's head football coach in the state of Tennessee. So this is a good start. Uh, Elijah Herring has got some good connections also in the state with other players. So he can now help recruit. Uh, with this upcoming class, uh, but there are, and he's a great player, but there are bigger fish in this state Tennessee is still pursuing that maybe Elijah Herring can help lure to Knoxville. That's what Josh Heupel is hoping. FanDuel.com slash OK360, the website where you can place uh, your daily bets. You, if you're a first-time user, $1,000, up to $1,000 risk-free bet with FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Guys, the the lock last night, the Nashville Predators. They Good went 7-2 on the money line. Good thing we didn't pair it with my under. They've won eight of their last ten, or they're eight and two in their last ten. They're about to go on their trip to Carolina. Right now, Carolina, number one uh, in the Central. They're atop the Central. They've won, uh, I believe, they're 6-3-1 and one in their last ten, I believe. Uh, but, but, again, playing great hockey, among the best in the league. Uh, and it's a crucial stretch for Nashville because they have Carolina and then Chicago. Meanwhile, Dallas has a much easier schedule over the next two or so weeks. And we mentioned yesterday with 13 games to play, now 12, that magic number being 26 points. They're closer to that, and they control everything, which is remarkable compared to where they were just six, seven weeks ago. Uh, but they have to play really good hockey and continue that against some of the best hockey teams in the league now. Why, why won't you bet with us? 
I completely forgot. Uh, that was a, a, a user error. You forgot to make money. By me. It was a, a total user <laughs> error by I me. I forgot to print that money. I should have gone with Hutton. I, I said it yesterday. I was like, I'm not going to go with my gut. I thought the, the, I thought the Preds were going to get killed. And Hutton was saying it's a guaranteed bet. And they win 7-2. to So I'm going with Hutton next time. Um, I'll give you my lock for tonight. Braves are going to win. <laughs> That's going to happen. Bet them. I think it's minus one and a half or whatever. You can bet them on the money line too. It's been a weird start to the season for the Braves. They lose their first four. They win the next four. And now they've lost three straight. So you're saying it ends tonight? They're going to start a new winning streak tonight. Uh, they're not losing the first three games of the series. Why are the Who do they have? Never a half a run. They're always one and a half. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. We need to do some more research on that. Yeah. Our friends at FanDuel can help us out with that, with that knowledge. Charlie Morton's going for the Braves tonight, uh, off-season edition. Um, Braves get it done. Preds uh, why number. Not? Why can't you bet a half a run? Is that what you asked? No, I'm saying that it, the spread is never half a run. Like, nobody's ever favored well, by a run. you can't tie, you're always going to win by no, one. No, I'm saying nobody's ever favored by a run. It's always a run and a half. It's always they've got to win by two. Oh, so they can't push, right? Yeah, no, but I'm saying, like, it's always 1.5, so you're always expecting somebody it's to win by two, two runs. It's never a half where you're expecting you them to win by one. That's run. just a money line bet, though. Oh, yeah. So I'm saying, like, then that yeah, way it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just money line. I, I went yeah, raise right. minus one and a half question. to win by multiple two. runs. Now, are, do you see spreads that are, like, minus two and a half, minus three and a half on games? Most of the, honest, every time I flip on the, it's always the MLB, it's, it's always, always a, a, a run and a half. So it's either a run and a half or it's money line. I think it's, yeah, it's one of the two. All uh, right, all well, you we've answered my question yeah. very simply. My Preds stat, 11-0-0 when leading after two. Interesting. So that's a testament to the goaltender. And then if they get to overtime, they're winning. Yeah. So um, that's a good time to drop a bet, by the way. I mean, you're not going to make a lot of money there, but they're not going to lose from ahead. Uh, so if you bet that consistently, you make some, some money. We like to uh, rate um, promotional strategies and yes. like gimmicks on this show. Yes. If it's cheesy, if we like it, if we don't like it. Go ahead. Josh Heupel's, uh, you know, every class now has like a slogan for every school. Oh, no. Like, you know, it's got, it's got something. Yeah, by the hype. But it's like, it's like the class, like uh, elite with like a 21 yeah. built into it or whatever with a power T. Uh, this class. Drum roll. This class Timpani. is called Evolution 22. Evolution with the vol capitalized. It's Hashtag not, Evolution 22. That's not terrible. Vol. I like it. That's not terrible. I, I don't think it's bad. Now, Paul, is, I, I predict Paul will hate this part of it. Another hashtag that Josh Heupel is using in the video they're using, which actually looks pretty cool, uh, is hashtag checkmate. And it's checkerboard end zones. So whenever they get a commitment, he's just putting checkmate on there because they can't mention the player. So oh. he posts a video that says hashtag checkmate, hashtag revolution Kentucky 22. fans are very upset. Hashtag man. GBO. Hello, Kentucky mate. fans are very upset with that. Oh, well, Kentucky fans can <laughs> go, go somewhere and drink some bourbon until they die. <laughs> uh, that was a little too harsh. I love my Kentucky fans. You couldn't fans. find it. It's, you were looking for it, but you couldn't find it. Drink bourbon until you die. <laughs> That's, That's my common comeback for a Kentucky. Yeah, great drink comeback. bourbon and do meth until you die. You Couch burners. Inbreds. You, um, you Crimson Tide football fan. Yes, yeah. Crimson Tide football is right around the corner, okay? No, it's Tennessee's checkerboard. They stole it. So, whatever. Evolution. I like. That's Evolution. Good. It's That's not good. bad. 
Well, we're also comparing it to uh, to recent <laughs> to, to recent social disasters. media disasters. <laughs> yeah, that they're. But this is good. I hear the Vols are out uh, coming up with a nice graphic to congratulate Eddie Jordan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's going to be the next tweet. It's from Josh Heupel. I think it'd be funny now that we brought this to everyone's attention. Just everyone start congratulating Eddie Jordan. Yeah, if you're running a business out there, tweet. Uh, congratulations have to Eddie Have the Predators Jordan. congratulated Eddie I mean, how, how insulting is it that the Vols have not congratulated Seamus on his victory at WrestleMania? <laughs> <laughs> More coming on Outkick 360. Hang with us. <laughs> Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Glad you're with us. A big shout out to David Reed and Jacob Swanson for making the show happen. First off, before we get going on this yeah. segment, I must say, the beard, I think, is looking outstanding. Uh, let's go to David Reed and Jacob Swanson. These guys are looking right at Hutton and his beard all day. Uh, how would you rate the beard? You Jacob? guys know we'll, beards. We'll, we'll start with you. And, yes, and you guys definitely know beards, too. I'd say we're at a solid six right now. There we go. Six out of ten is not bad. I uh, yeah, let me see the profile again. You need to turn. I've got a surprise yeah. raider. You know, coming. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with six two. At least a little <laughs> bit more girth. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, I've heard that before. For those, for those, <laughs> I've heard that you before. Know, hey, you know, manscaping can help with that. Actually, yeah, at least the optics. <laughs> I will say, it's, uh, it's all. It all depends on where you're measuring from. I know a guy. Yeah, uh, six point two. Says, I was going to really say help. they don't look as good as your balls. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Swanson, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, uh, Paul, your thoughts? Well, I got a review, unsolicited review, and you might guess who it's from. I don't think. I'm going to be able to find it now, but I can paraphrase okay. it. Okay. Faith Kuharski. Yes. Oh, here it is. Faith Boom. Is uh, I don't like Jonathan's beard. Any particular reason for it? <laughs> <laughs> Any particular reason I, for it? I said uh, his wife requested it for their upcoming anniversary. And That's she true. Said, Interesting. How many years? I said four, maybe? Is that right? Five. Five. It will be five. It's four now. And that's where the conversation ended. It drowned out right there. But so She's taking interesting. interest. How many years? I, I like the beard, Hutton. Uh, I am I, surprised I it's very gray in spots. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot it more gray. gray than I expected it to be. Yeah, I can't even grow a beard to this level, so I can't say much. Can it grow. grows in all of Joe Dirt patchy-like right here where it doesn't connect. I have reached I, I can grow a great mustache like Jacob here, yeah, there's no, uh, but no it won't connect with the bottom of the beard. I mean, the problem. if you're growing a mustache and you don't have something wrong with your upper lip, a it's mustache. a gag. I've got a great picture it's of my dad that I took for you guys at, the, at, at their house, on uh, him at my age with a mustache. Yeah. And you can see if it, this, it this is what I would look like with a mustache. Back then it was socially appropriate. Now it's Tom a Tom Selleck made it a big thing. Magnum yeah. P.I. Yeah, really blew 70s. up the mustache world. So you're not, you're not a fan of the beard? Yeah. Is it because you can't grow this? I can grow that. Let's see. <laughs> Reed shaking his head. Paul, I, I can grow that. I I, I, uh, there are two things I hate. I hate uh, when it comes to shaving. I hate People shaving People who are daily. intolerant of other cultures <laughs> and the Dutch. And the Dutch. I, uh, I hate shaving on a daily basis. Yeah, hate me it. Too. Me too. Um, but I also hate the feeling of the itchy scratchiness, but I'm right the at the level right now where I'm about to get to the other side of the hill. Which is hard. And it is. And uh, with the anniversary coming up on Friday, um, I've told myself mentally I can shave after Friday, right? But now that I'm over the, like, I can 
I could just let this thing go. The thing I found when I let it go, it's no longer uncomfortable. The thing I found when I let it go is that while you're off the hook for shaving, you still need to trim it in a way that keeps it looking good, which takes about as much time as shaving. Uh, It did for me anyway. Which so you're not off the hook for spending the time. Well, there's two different. I decided I might as well shave. There's two different ways to go about this. First, we can show Reed on the right-hand side of the screen, uh, very well manicured, and, and you know he takes care and shapes the beard properly. It's a very Triple H-esque look. Reed's beard looks like one of the villains and, in Indiana Jones' Temple of Doom, the Indian guy, the big guy that uh, Harrison Ford fights, and he ends up getting uh, caught in the the uh, whatever the circular thing is that get, takes him in the rock crusher, he gets caught in the rock crusher in the movie. That beard reminds me of that so guy's specific. beard, very strong. And very then strong uh, you know, so that's Triple H esque Reed on your end. And then you know, speaking of Seamus, the the red haired Seamus, uh, we can see Swanson. Jacob Swanson with his beard. Let's see uh, that again. With, with, it was the beard. You can pull the mask just briefly there, and you can see for all of our viewers, you can see the mustache with the sideburns, where it's just. It's just kind of very happy-go-lucky, right? It's playful. just that we're not <laughs> like I, I'm sure Jacob. He's a creep. Jacob. Jacob is excellent at growing the beard, but I'm sure he doesn't pay too much attention to how well manicured it is when he comes in on a daily. Let's let him answer for that in case you're Hold wrong. On. Jacob looks like a guy that you would hire to trap something. <laughs> That you would only, but you only get directed to Jacob by someone like at a bar, like in some bayou yeah. in Louisiana. You go there, it's like I got a guy. For I got that. a guy. And then he goes to a payphone and makes a call, yeah. and then Jacob shows up, and he goes and tracks. It could be humans. It could be a gator. <laughs> it could be humans. It could be a panther. It's he's An gonna alien. track something. One yeah. thing I know though, we want Jacob on our side. Oh, like that, no from, doubt. From day one of meeting Jakob Swanson, you know, you know, this is a guy we need on our side. We love this guy. Jacob, your thoughts on the on the beard and the the attention to it on your end? Oh, that's fine. I my beard, I don't really maintain. David, chill the exactly. Anyway, it's just I'm lazy enough that it appears. And then when it gets in the way of my mouth too much, then you have it's irritating. Then I have to do something about it. Yes. Yeah. So I like the comparison to uh, beards in wrestling. You know, you're, you're, that's always going to be over. Right. But I like the beard on you because I thought of this because back in the day, especially in the '80s, when a wrestler was making a heel turn, one of the first things he'd do was grow a beard out. He was no longer a baby face, so he'd start growing a beard out. Ah. And I, I like the new attitude here ah. at 360, and I like the heel Hutton, and I like the beard. Okay. That's a great point. Hutton grows the beard. Heel and then, Hutton. Uh, yeah. And then crushes the Titans <laughs> in the same moment. I'm not, well, not crushes. You're stating the obvious. Yeah, uh, you, you, uh, stating the obvious today. The beard is a good look on you. The problem with facial hair for me, uh, A, you I don't grow it. it well. But B, there's only like a day and a half where I feel like it's at a good look. I hate being clean shaven totally. And then I like it about two days after I shave. And then the next day, it's too much. I've got to immediately shave because it looks like I have a mustache quickly, the way the facial hair grows. And I hate that there's only like a maybe 24-hour period where my facial hair is in a good spot. And then I have to go clean shaven again. I don't like it clean shaven also. I'm on a once-a-week shave plan right now. I love it. Yeah, that's good. Every Monday or? Yeah, Monday, basically. Sunday night, Monday. Now, I've got Easter weekend coming for, for, uh, for me in a couple of weeks, so that may change things. Paul's going to have to go multiple times on the, on the shaving. And I'll be miserable. It's going to be a terrible weekend for you. <laughs> <laughs> so much work to be done. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Outkick360. We're going to tweet out the podcast links 
coming up. What do you guys have on tap tonight? You know, I might uh, take the little one to the batting cages. Might get some cuts in at the batting cage if the weather uh, holds up. That is, uh, that is the plan. And uh, that's, that's probably about it. If well, the weather holds. Got yeah. a uh, baseball practice and another monstrous, I'm sure, Blake Bettingfield file to edit. Not the only thing going on over at the site, Hut. Is that tonight or tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Mike Vrabel at paulkoharski.com. Private broadcast, 5 o'clock. Wants to talk directly to fans. I've got some fans. There so you go. It'd be good. That's awesome. 5 p.m. tomorrow, 5 p.m. Central. 5 p.m. Central. Very cool. I'm reading uh, a couple of books right now. Uh, that's what's on tap for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading up on uh, Bo Jackson. Uh, who, you know, I thought I knew him. Yeah. Like the the background. It, it, the guy's fascinating. Um, there'll be uh, more announcements on why I'm why? doing a little background work uh, coming up. Uh, but we we look forward to, uh, to to sharing that with you, much uh, like uh, some other guests, myself and uh, Eddie George, uh, with some chats we have coming down the pike. Uh, but the background work on Bo has been awesome. But the, the guy from top to bottom, like I hope we're given like three and a half hours worth of time with him. That's how long it's going to take. It, it really needs to be a two or three part session. Yeah, there's stories of him. I know you're probably reading about this, but. Uh where he would just pick up a tennis racket for the first time and beat people who had played their whole life. <laughs> you know, he's just naturally oh. that good at everything. Yeah, and then, the, you know, the Bo Nose commercials yeah. and, and every, how that came about. Um, in, in his background from, from Alabama. And right up there in the conversation of best athletes of our all lifetime. Of, yes. Of course. Right there. Speak, we were talking a catchers. mythical figure. To tie it back in, just a, a side note that I doubt I'll even get to with him. His grandfather was a catcher who caught barehanded. What? <laughs> yes. His, his, his mother was a great softball player. His grandfather, her father, caught barehanded. I didn't even know that it, was allowed. Just because he did not have uh, No, it was just that was, that was he was just. get a glove? That's just how great he was. Like, he, he just was known for catching barehanded. We got to get, well, I'm sure you will, Hutton, but we got to get to the bottom of why he elected with, to not have a glove. And who If was it wasn't out of necessity. Who's the hardest thrower he called? He was yeah. describing uh, in his book, Bo Knows Bo, on, on where he got his background for baseball. He got his size from his father. And he said, my, my baseball background came from my mother and her and my grandfather. And then he goes into the story about catching barehanded. Fascinating stuff. We look forward yeah, to learning awesome. more about it. It's Hit us up on the podcast. Paul, where could you find the podcast? Podcasts can be found at Apple, Stitcher, Audible, Google Play, and numerous other places Spotify. that I'm forgetting. Spotify. Everywhere that you want to listen to a podcast, the dark you can web. find our podcast. Do it. All Hit us places. up. And we'll also tweet out a link where you can find us on a link tree uh, wherever uh, you are on your device, whether it's live or if you want to go back and listen to a previous show or interview. We'll be able to link you up there. Plus, you can get OutKit gear. You can get uh, tickets to the 360 Masters at Top Golf Gun up in June and much, much more. And if you like what you're hearing, give us a five-star rating. Give us a quick review. It helps us more than you'll ever know. Retweet us all over the place. Spread the word. Spread Back the at it tomorrow. In the meantime, go congratulate Seamus on his big win at WrestleMania. Sheamus. Congrats, Seamus, United States champion. I'm out on Seamus. I'm in on you not blocking the box and you locking the locks. See ya.